Hi, I'm Charles. I'm Christine. And, and we, we eat stuff. Hey, everybody. Uh, Christine Guthrie here. And Charles Guthrie. And we are here to introduce to you our third interview. This was with Tyler Davis, who is formerly of the Tavern of Fine Arts, but now is at Element in St. Louis. And we just got back from the uh, Southern Fried Chicken Festival that Recluse is running from Southern and uh, has, has some very good chicken. Had it was a, fun. It was hot. Very hot. It was but crowded. It's a good time, though. Yeah. But, uh, we had lots of booze, so we're kind of tipsy right now, but it was good. It was fun. Uh, so here's Tyler. Hi, Tyler. Hi, Thank how you are for you? coming over. I'm great. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. It's awesome. Great yeah, appreciate it. So today is actually Father's Day. We're we're celebrating in the, in the only way we know possible. You are just off work. I am just off work. Did a big Father's Day brunch down at uh, Element. I am not a father, so I'm not celebrating that. <laughs> That's okay. We can celebrate in our own way. Uh, you you've bought us some libations. What is it that you just made us? So uh, the drink that we are uh, drinking right now is a margarita. It's a version that um, I fell in love with when we were in Cozumel, mm -hmm. um, and it's really kind of different just because uh, we went there. They used kind of like a spice salt that I had on the and then squirt soda. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a little bit different, but it's the squirt that makes it super, super smooth, mellows yeah. everything out, and makes it a delicious margarita. It is, yeah. It, it barely even tastes alcoholic, mm -hmm. which could dangerous. be dangerous for yes. us. Yeah, dangerous. yeah. totally. <laughs> Maybe making more of these. That's right, yeah. Um, well, I guess what, what I'll first start off with asking you is, say you're at, oh, an imaginary cocktail party or something, and if someone were to ask you what do you do, how would you answer that? Uh, I would say that uh, I'm a chef. That's what I do, is I create things. Um, definitely an active creative when it comes to anything kind of like visually stimulating, because I always wanted to be an artist, so I kind of thought that uh, food was very similar to that, and also very similar to music, because I have a music background as well. Mm -hmm. So I think of it as being like a different language. Yeah. And then once you become, become really well versed and kind of fluent in that language, then you can kind of sing and kind of like tell your story. But I threw my stories through plates. Mm -hmm. Very good. Did you always want to be involved with food? No, no? absolutely not. I never ever thought that, um, one, I wanted to be a chef, because I don't know that I like food that mm -hmm. much. Um, I always wanted to be kind of either a concert cellist or I wanted to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. So when I started school, I actually was um, starting in neurology and just kind of wanted to do it, not even for myself, but more as a thing for to appease my family, you know, because they were mm -hmm. always like, oh, you're going to be really, really, you're going to go places be big maybe a lawyer or a doctor so i was like all right that's what they think i should be then that's what i'm going to do so first year into that i was like no doctor absolutely not <laughs> mm -hmm. so then i went to school for music and uh once i finished that um i was kind of burnt out for a little bit mm -hmm. music is very very tough you know mm -hmm. um so took a break for a while didn't really want to go to grad school right away so i decided you know i want to try things so i worked with people with autism for a while mm -hmm. um which is very fulfilling but it's also a very difficult job and they don't really allow you too much creative freedom mm -hmm. so with that being said i started to get kind of bored and kind of knew that you know my heart wasn't really in it 100 so kind of thought i like cooking food mm -hmm. and all my friends respond really well when they come to our house for dinner so see if i can go get a chef job nice so went out uh Put out some applications. The next day, I got a phone call and started doing my thing. And I've been doing it for five years now, and yeah. it's been a hell of a ride. Wow. <laughs> so are you pretty much self-taught? Yep, all self-taught. Yeah. Um, lots of reading cookbooks, lots of just getting in kitchens to get as much experience as possible, mm -hmm. and lots of um, experimentation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you cool. cook growing up? 
Uh, I did cook growing up. My mom is probably my biggest influence because when we were growing up, we never had a lot of money. So when it was ever a special occasion, thing like that, she would always make like a special meal for us or she would cook our favorite thing. Mm -hmm. um, so after she, um, we moved around a lot. Always, she was always a single mother. So mm -hmm. she would be at work most of the time. When mm -hmm. I was probably about eight or nine, I had to be at home by myself. Mm -hmm. So I got tired of eating ramen noodles and mac and cheese and stuff like that. So I was like, I'm gonna cook one day. So I asked her for a fried chicken recipe and she gave it to me and fried some chicken up. And after that, I was like, I can totally do this. And I've cooked kind of just your run of the mill um, types of things, like definitely them, but that's I think when the bug kind of hit me. Yeah, Yeah. very cool, very good. Um, are you from St. Louis? No, no. I um, originally am from Mount Vernon, Illinois. I was mm -hmm. born there. Mm -hmm. When I was one, I moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and that's what I call home because that's where I grew up. Mm -hmm. So for most mm -hmm. of my adolescence, that's where I was. And when I was 15, my mom ended up um, kind of deciding that she wanted to um, minister. So we moved around a lot. So I got mm -hmm. the opportunity to live in Florida. I got the opportunity to live in several places in Illinois. And then after school is when I moved to St. Louis. Because all my friends were here and all my other family was kind of spread out. Gotcha. And I didn't want to go to Florida and I didn't want to go to Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. So I stayed here. Gotcha. And yeah. so how many years have you lived here? I've lived in St. Louis for eight years now. Okay. What yeah. part of town do you live in? Uh, currently I live in University City. Nice. Yep. Very good. And so as of right now, you, you are in the middle of changing jobs yes so where are you at right now um currently i'm the executive chef right now for the tavern of fine arts um i love my job it's amazing uh we're a venue that kind of specializes in um combining all three art forms music um visual art mm -hmm. and then also food mm -hmm. uh so we do that um unfortunately um my last week will be uh the week of the 25th mm -hmm. so i'll be leaving there and start my next adventure which yes. i'm very excited about and where will that be that'll be at element uh, definitely up, um, up my alley. They're doing the type of food that I want to do. Um, and then I think also working uh, with Josh Charles will be definitely beneficial for both of us. And I'm just happy to see what happens and what comes of it. Very cool. Did you seek out that position at Element? Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, I just sent him a message one day uh, and was like, hey, Josh, you're looking for some chefs? And he told me, absolutely. I went down and talked, with, uh, talked to him for about maybe 30 minutes. And after mm -hmm. that, he was like, why don't you just come down, you know? work with us to Father's Day and work with him today and mm -hmm. he was like hey you want to join our team and I said absolutely awesome. so yeah worked out really well thank you very much very good so what appeals to you about the style of Element I like Element because the food there is not at all pretentious um, Josh is a type of individual where he wants to make very very approachable but very delicious um, like um, items and stuff especially on the menu mm -hmm. but he presents them in such a way that is not really um it's not your typical kind of plating and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It's very, very um, kind of detail-oriented right now. It's very clean. It's very, very neat. But it's, visual, it's very visually appealing. Mm -hmm. And I believe that people eat with their eyes just as much as they eat, you know, like with their stomachs, mouths, whatever you do. You mm -hmm. taste things, you know. You have to see it. You're visually, you smell things, you know. Mm -hmm. All that has to do with food. So I'm very excited about that. And it's also um, a very, very thriving establishment. So I think mm -hmm. it'll be just really, really good for growth. Very good. What, what will be your position there? Uh, well, right now I'm just starting off just doing basic, just whatever Josh needs me to do. And mm -hmm. then after that, I hope to um, kind of transition my way into being pastry chef because I love pastries. Nice. Yeah. Very good. Do you have special pastry things that you like to do? Um, right now, I think I'm probably most drawn to just the whole plating aspects and then learning about different uh, pastry techniques and stuff mm -hmm. that a lot of uh, like the 
Bakur, um, like pastry chefs and whatnot, use for that because they're very, very war versed. They do lots of things that I've never even seen before. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of why I want to immerse myself in that because I think that when it comes to regular food, I think that um, I can definitely get by. Mm -hmm. When it comes to desserts and pastries, I want to learn as much as possible about that because it's something that I'm very, very interested in. Um, but right now, I'm just kind of addicted to making different kinds of sundays and whatnot, you know? <laughs> yeah. Nice. So what other places have you worked in St. Louis? Um, worked, I was, before the Tavern of Fine Arts, I actually was the kitchen manager for Ben Park Cafe for a short amount of time, oh. which was very, uh, was super good learning experience. I kind of wanted to get in there to learn more about high volume types of things. Mm -hmm. um, they did almost one and a half million dollars just in brunch stuff so hmm. being there helped huh. me learn about um just the mass production of things mm -hmm. the way uh that type of restaurant that type of establishment operates and then also learning the ins and out about profit and liability and whatnot and mm -hmm. labor and which was absolutely what i needed to do so i mm -hmm. worked at that place for more of the business aspect of it um before tavern of fine arts i was the executive chef for siam we did a uh, contemporary oh. asian food mm -hmm. um yeah. was Awesome experience. Uh, I never worked with Asian food ever. I'd never been worked in an Asian restaurant, so it was kind of me challenging myself. Mm -hmm. First executive chef position ever. Um, worked out pretty well. Uh, got really, really good reviews. Um, and I love that place, you know? And then before then, I was just kind of everywhere. I was at mm -hmm. The Crossing down in Clayton, which did contemporary Italian food. I was at DeMond Oyster Bar there. Um, lots of seafood. Got lots of seafood knowledge from there. I was the sous chef for Vinonato's Wine Bar. And then I've also staged mm -hmm. at Alaya and the Olio and then also at Niche. Very good. You yeah. said uh, Vino Nile's Wine Bar. Did you work there when uh, Chris DiMaccurio uh, working there? Uh, I was there right as he became the executive chef. I was there with Chef Trent Thurn, and then Chris DiMaccurio came in. I worked with Chris for about two months, okay. and then got offered a job at Demond Oyster Bar, and I took it, you know? Gotcha. It was another way for me to kind of grow and build myself as a chef. Um, and then it was also uh, just a way also for me to um, kind of test my chops, because gotcha. Demond at the time was very, very, it was popping, man. It was yeah. always something to yeah, do. Cool. We were very busy, so it was a way for me to kind of work my way up, do what I need to do. Very cool. Yeah. Where does your drive come from? Like, you seem like a very eclectic person with a lot of different skills and interests. I mean, what really pushes you along to do all these things? I think myself. I've been a type of individual where if I'm not constantly doing something or constantly challenging myself and become just stagnant, I become extremely unhappy, very, like, just depressed and unmotivated and very uninspired. And when I get uninspired, then that's when, you know, like, I don't know, I start to feel as though I'm losing myself. So I try to stay as mm. busy as possible. One, because they always say feeble hands are the devil's tool. So I don't <laughs> want to even have anything to do with the devil. So sure. I just stay as busy as possible um, and do that. And then it's just, I think, a personal thing. I like to see how far I can kind of push myself. And then I think that challenging yourself is one of the things that you always need to do because you always need to strive to make it to the next level because you always want to evolve as a person, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then um, all of the people that I cook for that show me lots of love and support, and then also my family, you know. I do it mostly for you guys, you know. Mm -hmm. Just want to make good food, man. Have your stomachs. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. I have a couple random questions. Some of them are yes. going to be food-related. <laughs> some of them not. Feel free to answer them however you like. All right. Um, when you think of the word successful, who's the first person who comes to mind? Ooh lots of different people uh successful in the sense of chefs i would say anybody that's on tv food network anybody that's doing something that's well known or has a following you know mm -hmm. but i mean success to me is one of those things that is very um 
debatable, you know, because me making a great meatloaf is kind of success, <laughs> you know, but other people out there, you know, making like half a million dollars, they can kind of claim that it's being successful as well, you know, mm-hmm. so success to me is just knowing that you're doing with your love and that you're growing from it, you know, that's mm-hmm. being successful. Cool. Very good. Um, are there any particular books that you have gifted a lot in the past? Any books? Yes. There's a book called The Secret. Um, that oh, I probably get about four mm-hmm. copies about because mm-hmm. I fully, um, I fully believe what it entails. I definitely uh, believe that you know what you do and how you think, um, you manifest all those things. So mm-hmm. if you're a negative person, you're always dwelling on negative things. That's what you're going to get. You know, that's coming back towards you. Mm-hmm. If you're a positive person. You dwell on positive things, and you're extremely motivated. You want to help people, and you want to express yourself through love. Then that's what you're going to get back. So I share this book with other people because I want people to kind of see what um, what can happen when you just kind of believe in yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely that book. And then probably the Julie Chow's cookbook because I think everyone should have that <laughs> in their kitchen. Okay. Yeah. Great. Very good. When, when did you first read that? Uh, Julie Chow's cookbook I got uh, three and a half years ago. I remember it was the summer and I bought it because I watched the movie... Um, that they made based oh, on Julia. Julia. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Julia and Julia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched that and I was like, this story is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everyone was like, you got to have this book. Every chef I ever talked to was like, you got to have this book. You got to mm-hmm. have this book. You know, so I went out and got it and started from the first page, mm-hmm. ran my way through and tried as many things as possible. And wow. love it, man. Definitely love it. Mm-hmm. Love French food. Cool. I mean, like uh, the secret, like, you know, it's an interesting idea that what you, the way you carry yourself is what you're going to ha- encounter in your life. Like, you know, your attitude brings the kind of reality you live in. But we think it's the mechanism that makes it happen. Is it God? Is it some kind of general force? Or is it just, like, just a byproduct of just the way you think? Is it what, you, what you're going to dwell on, what you're going to react to in the universe? Um, I usually... Okay, so start off with, I think that God and the universe are the same thing. So when I talk about things or tell people, you know, you have to uh, kind of express yourself through the universe or ask the universe for this, it's kind of me saying, like, you have to ask God. Because I don't want to do names and labels because everyone has their own type sure. of God, but I think there's yeah. one divine um, entity out there that definitely mm-hmm. governs everything. But I think that it's up to us to manifest those things and to actually ask the universe for the things that we want because we can't fully realize what we want until we actually know what it is. Sure. So once you figure that out and you kind of know the path that you want to take, I think a really, really general statement like, you know, I would like success. You know, you may not know what you want to be successful in, but the universe knows. It knows when it's ready for mm-hmm. it. It knows when you're when it, the time is right for it. And it, it will bring it to you if you are a grateful, you practice gratitude, and it's something that you constantly are kind of pushing yourself towards. So yes, I think it's 50% um, the universe helping, but it's also 50% like you being able to um, kind of just invoke it, you know? Sure. Just start the whole cycle mm-hmm. going, you know? Very cool. Yeah. Do you feel that's something you lacked in the past? Or something you always had? I definitely, well, I think that it kind of comes and goes. I had a, I wouldn't say a bad childhood, but I was always, there was always lots of pressure. And then a lot of times I was probably, um, I'm a cancer. So I like to be <laughs> a hermit crab a lot of times. So I like my alone time. So sure. a lot of the times when I was alone, I think you kind of get in your head, you start to self-doubt yourself and whatnot. And then when you also put yourself in a negative environment where other individuals are telling you, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. Sometimes you start to believe that. Sure. But I think that... um Sometimes you just got to stop caring what other people think and start doing what you want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that once you set that aside, then that's when you start to change, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very neat. Cool. What food do you dislike? 
<laughs> Foods that I don't like to eat. Well, unfortunately, I have a um, mild chuffers allergy, so I can't eat things in red shells. So lobster, mm. shrimp, oh. crab, mm. can't do it. I can mm. taste it. makes my numb kind of uh, tingle a little bit. Uh-huh. If I eat too much of it, I will go into anaphylaxis, and you will have to send me in heart with oh, pain, yeah. like Pulp Fiction style. Wow. <laughs> well, your, ne- your next experimental dinner, the last one at the tavern, is going to be all shellfish, right? I like to live on the wild side. Oh. Wow, wow. Right, go it's, uh, the <laughs> it's all fish, yeah. Um, so I definitely... I, I mean, appreciate fish from uh, Des Moines Oyster Bar, but yeah, mm. it's going to be all that. Wow. Uh, taste it, just can't eat a lot of it. Mm. Avocados do the same thing, which really? is horrible because avocados wow. are fantastic for you, are. but yeah. can't do it, man. After puberty, my body just switched wow. and I became allergic to cats, dogs, birds, stander, oh. mold, grass, like shellfish, like everything, you know? Interesting. So it was interesting, but those are honestly the only things I hate to eat. Mm. Every, other than mm. that, the sky's the limit. I love fruits, I love all vegetables, I like all meats. Very cool. Yeah. What purchase of $100 or less recently has really affected your life? $100 or less. That's a really tough one. Oh my God, that's a tough one. $100 or less. I would actually... be anything special. Huh. I probably would say... My Netflix uh, subscription. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, on, yeah, I actually say my, yeah, my Netflix subscription. Because through that, I actually found a show called Chef's Table. And I think show, that yeah. it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Extremely inspiring. And it's probably mm-hmm. one of the best things, like, I've watched in a while. So mm-hmm. definitely, yeah, Netflix, cool. definitely cool. Lots of resources on there. Lots of things for you to watch. Anthony Bourdain, mm-hmm. any of that stuff, you know. Yep. But it's cool. Very cool. Yeah. yeah, I saw the movie Euro Dreams of Sushi on Netflix. Yeah. And just that idea of someone just so focused on the one thing, and that's his life. And One thing. I guess it was kind of nice that way because everything's taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know exactly what you're going to be doing. You don't have to worry about what I'm going to do with my life. You just do what you're going to be doing and do it great. Yep. But I myself, I think me, you're the same way. You like to tinker with things. You like to experiment and do different stuff. Absolutely. So. I have, I think I'm a little trouble with that. So I don't know. I probably start dreaming of other things besides sushi. And Charlie drinks yeah. a barbecue, and, then. and that just comes with like just finding something that you're extremely passionate about and trying to perfect that craft. Yeah. Right. Sushi chefs, you know, like, oh my god, I don't even like. I work with. I had a great sushi chef at Siam, uh, hmm. Nanda, and he's been doing this for like 18 years. And wow. it was one of the hmm. things where he was like, he traveled. Uh, he was was in LA for a while. He went to uh, the East Coast for a while wow. and just started doing so many different things and working with so many chefs because he was so passionate about it. And in about six years, man, which is pretty unheard of, because if you train in Japan to be a sushi chef, you got to do it for 10, 15 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. He was in the United States, and he started off. Um, just learning from the ground up and in three years he was the actual sushi chef of his own place you wow. know and huh. from there he's worked at probably five or six sushi restaurants here in St. Louis he's made a name for himself and he's extremely disciplined and mm. that was something I was super inspired by too just his discipline and his worth ethic and then his just cleanliness you know wow. he's impeccable mm. everything always in the same place super yeah. super uh, anal teen, very <laughs> anal but it was the whole kind of um it was like a form of meditation because he was very kind of like zen-like when he would prepare mm-hmm. sushis and everything yeah. had its place. And I was like, this is amazing. You know, I definitely well, admire that. Yeah, it seemed like uh, you have to kind of be like very OCD almost to be a sushi chef. Absolutely. Like there's that, yeah. you know, I actually yeah. saw something about uh, cocktail bars in Japan. And it's like the same level of dedication, the same level of just everything in the right place, everything done the perfect oh, yeah. way every time. Just, mm-hmm. I don't know, I mean... I kind of like the American style, but style too, you know, where you just kind of <laughs> just let it all hang out, just have a good time. And just, <laughs> but like it's like you get both, be, the best of both when worlds. It's organized and, chaos is what I yeah. call it. <laughs> That's it. Um, 
What did you want to be when you were a kid? Uh, when I want to be a kid, okay, don't think I'm crazy and don't call the FBI, but I want to be an assassin. Ooh, neat. <laughs> wow. I'm so serious. There's something about like dressing up in a suit and carrying a sword and jumping off of stuff and making bad guys did, go away. Which did was you super see a killing. movie or something or a TV show? Tons of movies. Tons of I yeah. grew up with Lethal Weapon and Die Hard. And <laughs> mom was she, we, she made us grow up on that stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. wow. I was watching. She let us pretty much watch whatever we wanted to when we were growing up. But her big movies were like I said, like Lethal Weapon. Um, she was a big Murder She Wrote fan, Perry Mason, so anything that oh, was yeah. like spy, espionage, yeah. or you know, like assassin type things, cops. She wow. was watching, so I just became a little fixated on it. I've always been kind of into martial arts too, so that's wow. where the whole thing was. Mm. Super weird kid, like wore black socks, put the little thing in my toes to make it look like little ninja shoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Wow. Super crazy ski mask and stuff, like super weird kid. Mm. Do you super practice weird. martial arts now? Um, no, I don't. No. Okay. Oh, okay. Nope. You did in the past though, or? Uh, yeah, I did for I did a uh, Muay Thai for two years, and then mm-hmm. I did a uh, former martial arts called Shaolin Guju, which mm-hmm. was more about um, kind of it was more like it's more of like a meditation type of martial art, with mm-hmm. uh, um, definitely focuses on breathing and then more on um, being more offensive than defensive. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. That was cool. But that was cool. when I was super young. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If you ask me now, I. No, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Nope. <laughs> you are. You're a nice guy. Yes. You're a nice dude. See, that's why no one would expect it of you. Well, when I was younger, I always figured that if I was just charm or laugh my way out of something, that was just as good as winning a fight. Yeah. You know, it was just mm-hmm. the same kind of defense. Yep. And it's like, afterwards, you don't got black eyes. You're not you sore You may have new ally, for all yeah. you know. You know? you know? Totally yeah. worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Fighting. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I'm getting paid, and I don't want to. I don't want to see <laughs> what do you do when you're not at work? Um, when I'm not at work, I sleep. I, I, <laughs> oh my. Um, I like to relax. I like to decompress because I usually end up working six days a week most of the mm-hmm. time. And in your chef, man, you definitely value your downtime. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, I don't often get to see like loved ones and friends. So I always dedicate Sundays to um, seeing somebody that I haven't seen in a while or being around loved ones and then also giving my si- myself time. To, to decompress and also just to kind of have a little bit of me time because that's mm-hmm. also extremely important you know mm-hmm. if you start to neglect yourself then that's when sure. you can start to become self-destructive and yes. just tired all the time so Absolutely. you gotta do you gotta have a balance yeah what yeah. does me time look for you me time is me waking up in the morning gardening um oh, practicing wow. my cello listening mm-hmm. as much classical music as possible and having a glass of wine and just reading a book or watching tv wow cool. yeah great very good mm. how so can you talk about your cello playing yeah. I've seen a couple of videos of you, and you are pretty highly trained, yes? <laughs> yeah, I actually, uh, I was super blessed to um, have gone to a school. My uncle is actually the principal basis for the Paducah Symphony. He's also mm. the music uh, instructor for five or six schools in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Wow. So when I was in uh, middle school, he approached me one day and was like, hey, I kind of need some more people for my orchestra. Would you be interested in doing it? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't even know what an orchestra is, but yeah, let's do it. You know, it's like I watched PBS and I was always have had a natural kind of um, appreciation for classical music. I think mm-hmm. it's beautiful and I've always been uh, kind of obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. But I never ever thought that, you know, like I want to play an instrument. So yeah. uh, he did it my junior year of, uh, uh, my second year of uh, middle school, uh-huh. uh, seventh grade. I picked one up and then never looked back. Yeah. And then started in his orchestra and then we had two individuals that were in my orchestra that played violin. Uh, that took private instruction and they were like look it seems that you're really passionate about it my mom drives us to Eversville every morning at six o'clock in the morning hmm. you want to go with this for private lessons like wow. sign up for it hmm. see what happens 
So I went to Edwardsville one day, joined the Suzuki Strings program, <laughs> and uh, found this lady whose name is Glenda, Glenda Pike, and I mean, she changed my life. Yeah. And <laughs> through her, um, from my eighth grade year all the way to my senior year of high school, I studied with her. And it was literally because of her that I went to college because I got a, um, a scholarship to go to SIU for music. Mm-hmm. Um, through that, I mean, I learned, I can't even, like, I just learned so much uh, from her. And then after that, I studied with uh, Kung Ko Lee. He was my professor at uh, Eversville. Mm-hmm. And then he left, and we got another person coming in. So it was a really cool thing. But, yeah, man, I've been in the St. Louis Youth Symphony. I was principal cellist uh-huh. of, like, Southern Illinois uh, Orchestra down in Carbondale. Uh-huh. We were in Cello Ensemble in Eversville that we would do lessons for. Eversville Youth Orchestra, like, kind of all over the place. Wow. I was definitely a music kid, middle school, high school, big mm-hmm. music nerd. It's all I did, <laughs> you know. And then went to school for it, loved it, but... I think that everything happens for a reason, and mm-hmm. I'm definitely happy I became um, a chef rather than a musician. Yeah, hmm. it's tough. It, music is way more difficult than food. Yeah, <laughs> to make a living. <laughs> Let me tell Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah, they gotta wait for somebody to die, or they gotta get, like, <laughs> a big break, you know? Well, True. Yeah. Do you have like a special cello, or like one's like a I, really old one, or? I actually was blessed with, um, it's an 1819 Presenda. Wow. Um, Really, really great instrument. His name is Lucian. That's what I call him. But he's been with me ever since uh, I was in ninth grade. So we've been together for almost, say, 14 years. Mm. Yeah. How did you you acquire it? Um, The same individuals that uh, I went down for lessons with, Mm -hmm. uh, they actually were very well off. So what she would do is she would uh, kind of buy instruments, refurbish them, rebuild them, and then uh, she would either first come um for like her children if they didn't have an instrument or she would she was um, i don't know she's just like a saint she would let mm-hmm. other uh, individuals use it and i used mm-hmm. it for so long she was just kind of like just take it wow that's amazing <laughs> that's like a million like, dollar instrument or something uh, definitely not a million dollars no oh, if it was a million so dollars i would sell in a heartbeat i'd be chilling but uh it's a little bit more than what i paid for she didn't give it to i actually want to give her a little bit of money for it okay, but it's okay. uh it's I, I came out well. I'll Very say that. Cool. <laughs> yeah. If I wanted good. to just take like a couple years off, I could totally sell and take a couple years off, but it's mm. going to be with me forever. It's nice. a great instrument. Very nice. Very yeah, I've seen videos of you play, and you know, if you have an instrument for so long, it's it's like an extension of your body. It is, and it yeah. is, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm more productive of my trouble than I think anything else. <laughs> so serious. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. Very cool. Yeah. So how old are you now? Uh, I will be 31 on to Wednesday, next week, wow. June 22nd. Oh, happy birthday. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. So, let's see. I'll say, what what sort of advice would you give yourself, let's see, say when you were graduating high school, 18, 19 or so. Advice to give myself when I was in high school? Yeah. Uh, get a credit card and build your credit score. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest thing of advice I would do, like learn about money management, learn about bank accounts, learn about investing, mm. 401ks, and sure. think about the future. Like, don't mm-hmm. go out drinking party and stuff. Like, get your shit together now. Yeah. <laughs> the Amen. biggest rule of advice. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Indeed. Okay. What's an interest or a hobby you have that no one would ever guess about you? <sighs> Although maybe you talked about a lot of things, but there's is there anything besides assassins and cello? <laughs> I really, really enjoy um, watching anime. Okay. But a lot of, most people also probably didn't know that I like to do etchings. So, um, and usually of like um, still life. So I'm mm. obsessed with orchids. So mm-hmm. when it comes to like orchids, especially Paleonopsis orchids, because there's so many different types, um, I like to do etchings of them. So mm. I will just get my little, um, usually it's like 
black or it's like a white like etch board that you have and you just take mm. um, something that looks like a calligraphy pen mm -hmm. and you literally just do reliefs out of it like yeah, I love yeah. doing that I love drawing um, mm. other than that my life mostly consists of food uh, music and family friends cool you know cool. very yeah. good have you seen uh, Attack on Titan Attack on Titan no, it's an anime oh yeah I've seen the I've seen the anime yeah yeah, yeah. and the manga one. I haven't read that at all I haven't read the manga at all but, you know, oh. I thought it was very compelling it's cool you know, it's the one about the giants that are eating people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and humanity has to fight back. Yeah. It's very neat. Nice. I love, uh, like, supernatural uh, anything. Supernatural anything. They're especially supernatural anime. There's wizards, mm. witches, any kind of demons in it. Demons totally get me going. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I like super, super, like, dark uh, type of things because I think it's just, I don't know, anime is super visually appealing, too, and I'm a very visual person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, what's a special food memory you have from growing up? Uh, or special dining memory food something? memory. Mm -hmm. I would probably go back to my mom. Uh, be coming around birthdays and whatnot, because like I said, my mom would always make my favorite things, which will be super general, very kind of your run of all my favorite things to eat. Well, used to be, until I became a vegetarian, were Sloppy Joes oh. and tacos. Hmm. Top favorite things. And Jello. She would always make me <laughs> lots of Jello and fruit cocktail and stuff. She said I would just eat it. Yeah. Um, and pancakes. Mm. Favorite thing. So my mom, uh, for my birthday, she'd be like, what do you want? One year I was like, I want some chicken, I want some pancakes, I want some mac and cheese. You got it. You know? <laughs> and she would make it for me, and I was just like, this is the best thing ever! You know? Uh, definitely that. And then best food experience eating would probably be uh, when I went to Alinea for the first time. Mm. And that was mm -hmm. one of the things that definitely sparked my interest in just food and more of like fine dining because it was... Mm -hmm. A transformative experience because mm. I never had any kind of food like that before, mm. and I was like, I didn't even know food. You could do this with food, you know. So it yeah. was eye-opening thing. And I was like, you know, this is an art form, mm -hmm. and I totally believe that plates are canvas, and like your food is like the paint or whatever it is medium you want to use, and that's kind of mm -hmm. what it taught me. So I've always kind of aspired to maybe grow into a chef to do something like that, but mm -hmm. just kind of mm -hmm. with my own little flair, you mm -hmm. know. Well, I can see how the things that you're doing at Tavern are reminiscent of that too. I mean, on a very smaller scale. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. you have very artistic plates. Yeah. When you went there, had you already started working in kitchens, or was this before food? Uh, this even? was the first year I actually decided I wanted to kind of be in the kitchen. Yeah. And oh, wow. I okay. kept reading about it, and all my friends were just mm -hmm. like, hey, and then, like, you were talking about uh, Christy Mercurio. He had actually uh, been there before. Oh, wow. He's the one that told me. He was like, oh, my God, it was the best meal I ever had. So I was like, mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. I'm totally yeah. going to cool. do it. Cool. And it was the best $300 I ever spent. Yeah, it was a tasting menu, and it was... Absolutely fantastic. Nice. Very and where's cool. this located? Uh, Linnea is in Chicago. Chicago, yep. actually, yeah. yeah. Yep. Grant Ashitz is the executive chef there. Yeah. He's amazing. Also, amazing story. Like, started from the bottom, worked his way up, ended up getting throat cancer, didn't think he was kind of a palate, cancer mm -hmm. on his tongue, ended yeah. up recovering from it, getting chemotherapy, and wow. one of the greatest restaurants in the United States, about the world. So, mm -hmm. wow. Super inspiring. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, all right, well, I guess I just have two questions left, and then we can riff on other things. <laughs> Do you have any asks or requests of the people listening? Ask or request? Anything at people all. people listening. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening right now, if you ever order a steak, please get it medium rare or medium. Don't ever get it well done, because it is sacrilegious, and it is blasphemous <laughs> to the cow that had to die and give you the meat, and then you overcook it so it's rubber. 
So don't do it. Definitely don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I heard uh, someone on the radio said, like on NPR, said that if you ask for your uh, steak well done, you're basically denying someone's sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> so when you offer someone a rare or mean rare steak, you're, off, you're offering a, your sexual self to them. Yeah. And they say, I want well done. It's like, oh, well, I see. You're not, you know, you're, you're dissing me. You know, you're rejecting me here. You know, yeah, here's your well done thing. Mm. It's kind of crazy. I believe that everyone definitely has a preference, but I think that when you go to a restaurant and you pay $30 for a steak or any kind of cut of meat, that you should leave it up to the chef's discretion to prepare it as they best see fit so they can highlight the meat the way it's supposed to. Because a lot of the times, I mean, I've even had people that have always ordered a well done because I don't like blood, and then they get like a medium steak or even a medium well steak, and they're like, oh my God, this is so much better. And I'm like, it's got flavor and juice, you know? <laughs> you also get a lot faster too. So, yeah, definitely. That's it. Cool. (laughs) So, uh, where can people find you in person or online? Um, In person, you can find me in New City. Um, Most of the time, I frequent all of the Asian restaurants. I call it Asian Row, but it's all the ones on Olive. Yeah. Shu Fang, one of my favorite Asian restaurants in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Like, they make incredible hot pots. And you can go there and get a hot pot that will last you, like, two days because they give you so much food. And it's absolutely exceptional for $12. Hmm. And it's like, you can't beat that. Cool. You know? Hmm. Um, I love that. You can find me um, definitely in the Grove with my friends Mm because I definitely like to uh, have a good time. Mm -hmm. Um, Or at home, man. Most of the time I'm at home. Yeah. Yeah. Or you will be working at Element Or you can find me at Element. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely Element. Actually, Element most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then what are your online stats? Um, online stats, if you want to find me on Instagram, it is I of the Tyler, which is uh, I O F T Y L E R. Or you can find me on Facebook at TJD Evolution, or you can look me up as Ty Jamal. Cool. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um, Chef Tyler Davis, thanks for coming over. I appreciate mm. it. And thanks for uh, bringing this margarita. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. My I'm pleasure. a little tipsy now, so this is great. <laughs> yes. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. We did it. Sweet. Yeah. Thank you. My pleasure, guys. It was awesome. Cool. All right, that was good. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Ty. Okay, don't think I'm crazy and don't call the FBI, but I want to be an assassin. Ooh, neat. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so serious. There's something about, like, dressing up in a suit and carrying a sword and jumping off of stuff and making bad guys go away. Next week, we're interviewing a chef from a local wine bar. So come back next Friday. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Bye.